What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of The Taste of Success. Today, we are here with Jess Salamanca of Banana Scoops. Hello, Jess. Hi. Hi, Mitch. How are you? How's your day going? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Nice and sunny down here. How about you? I know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's fun. It seems like it's coming out, which is super exciting, finally, for the weekend. Yes. Yeah, just in time for all the pubs and restaurants and things to open. So uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so happening this weekend, isn't it? It's a bit weird. Yeah, it still feels surreal. Like I'm quite happy with my kitchen, home, work-life bubble. Mm. But um, yeah, it's going to be uh, nice to be able to get a pint from somewhere every now and then. But yeah, I, I know we used to, we live in central London. We used to go out for dinner quite a lot, and now the thought of like going out for dinner in a restaurant feels like so like such a big luxury. <laughs> so um, for those that don't know who you are, um, introduce sort of yourself and um your brand banana scoops um from what i've seen and from what i've tasted because i actually saw you at a vegan event in london early last year yeah. I think it was. um yeah. so i actually tried it it's absolutely delicious um tell us a little bit about Thank it you. yeah so hi everyone so i'm jess Salamanca. i am the founder of banana scoops and we make banana based ice cream so we're the only brand in the uk at the moment making ice cream like from bananas instead of dairy or dairy alternatives and we use all natural and plant-based ingredients. So, I mean, the best thing about it, the thing I like the most is that it's ice cream so healthy that you can have it for breakfast. And what's not to love about that? Amazing. So yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell. So um, there's no kind of like, it's not like a soy milk base or coconut milk base, like a lot of them. It's banana puree and all sorts of other things. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the vegan ice creams are either coconut milk or kind of like cashew almond milk or a mix of that. But yeah, no, we don't use any plant milk alternatives either. Uh, so it's literally banana puree as a base and then we add other like natural ingredients to make the different flavours. So for example, we've got um, chocolate with cocoa powder. We've got vanilla with a B, um, which is kind of like our vanilla version. And we also have raspberry with raspberry puree as well. So super, super tasty. They're, they're quite refreshing um, and they're quite different to normal ice cream as well. Amazing. Yeah, they are absolutely delicious. And it's a, a really nice kind of like healthy concept. Like in terms of sugars, um, mm. what added sugar is there? Like is there a particular type you used or is there any... Yeah, so we, I mean, I say there's no added sugar. Um, the law is slightly different, but all we use is banana and dates. So if you're using dates, sometimes you have to call it an added sugar. But at the end of the day, I add it more for the flavor than just sugar for the sake of it. So yeah, the main thing is just the bananas and the dates. So it's un unrefined sugar, so it is pretty much as, as healthy as you can get for a nice indulgent treat, as you said, for yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, so actually I put it in like the base of my smoothies a lot. So I do have it for breakfast quite often. Yeah. How did um, how did it all start? What was your kind of passion behind banana ice cream? Um, how did it go from being your homemade concept to being mm. now in Ocado, Waitrose? Um, seems to be great. not in Waitrose yet. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're in Ocado, plant organic, and as nature intended. Um, I mean, Waitrose would obviously be ideal, but it was probably a bit further down the line. Um, but yeah, it all started. I mean, I've had the idea for like five or six years now. I've I've, I've always thought um, if you can make ice cream from bananas and it's super healthy, really tasty, why why wouldn't you? And why is anyone else doing it? So I had the idea for ages, and it was around like maybe fourteen months ago that I think my full time job I was working in events um plateaued a little bit I think like you know I was running these events easily I wasn't like gaining too much from them anymore and I just wanted to do something with food so I'm a big foodie um I grew up with food my parents actually own a restaurant in Spain 
um, and we lived above it. So, you know, food has been huge in my life. And um, so I wanted to do something with food. Job got a bit boring and I had this idea. So I was like, why don't I just go for it? So ended up quitting my full-time job, going freelance and started testing recipes in my kitchen. Really, really fun though. Amazing. So it's quite a, yeah. quite a scary leap when you kind of have that moment of going, right, I'm leaving my work. I'm going to fully pursue this. Um, obviously, we did the same with Mitch's Kitchen, um, leaving mm. that certainty and going, right, I'm going to put everything into it. So when you um, mm. first left, how did you go from going your initial homemade ice cream to actually finding mm. a supplier? Because I know within the startup community, that's a really big thing, trying to find a co-packer or producer, mm-hmm. um, any of those kind of things. It's quite scary because it's your baby. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest leaps, isn't it? Because you, you can still like do it at home as much as you can and you can sell it at markets and there's there's an element of that, but then taking it to the next level into retail and manufacturing it is like such a massive leap. It goes from like a small scale to quickly quite a, a big scale. So yeah, I was making all the ice cream myself at home. I literally had bananas everywhere. It was a mess. Um, and we were selling at markets, which is I think where we met, which is yeah, a really good way of testing the market, validating the idea, um, seeing what recipes work best. And then my idea was always to go into retail. I knew like markets were fun, but they weren't the main like objective for the brand. So after testing it in markets, I kind of just went on Google and searched ice cream manufacturers UK. Like it doesn't get any more basic than that. And got on the phone with a couple of them. One of them was really keen. They were, you know, still a small producer, but BRC accredited to the highest level of uh, like food safety. And yeah, they wanted to chat. So I had a couple of meetings with them, tested a few recipes. And yeah, we managed to get a product that people liked. So that was that was a huge um, jump for us and a, a very exciting part of the process. Amazing. Was it um, like from first trial of saying, this is my recipe, make it. Did it taste perfect? Was there a bit of back and forth? Because I know with... (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth um, and a lot of compromising as well. It's one of those where it's like, okay, you can make something in your kitchen, especially something that's frozen. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Um, But it's not the same when you have it fresh and eat it straight away, then you freeze it. Like a lot of things happen, a lot of things change. Um, Taste may not change as much, but texture is a really big thing once you're like freezing something. So we had to play around with that a little bit. Um, but the most, I guess, most of the test, testing that we did was like, oh, so how much raspberry should we put into it? How much chocolate should we put into it? Which is quite a fun thing to do. And then all the taste um, sessions that we have were really fun. Because it's like, oh, this one is a bit more acidic. This one tastes a bit more raspberry. Let's play around. So it's quite fun. But in terms of the like consistency and texture, that's when it got a bit more technical and where we had to get a little bit more help. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I've heard that from quite a few different producers and people mm. who have gone from the kind of kitchen table to manufacturer. Um, we're still doing it in-house. Like We have our kitchen set mm. up and I am the actual producer myself. And yeah. but I know with the freezing and cooking element, it was a whole learning curve saying you can't just put in like fully cooked roasted peppers, then they'll just turn to mush when you cook them again. So I imagine with ice cream, yeah. it's very hard with like the ice crystals and those kind of things to try and make sure it has the right mouthfeel and the right flavours and textures as you said so it's uh, must have been yeah. said fun 
yeah exactly it is exactly that the ice crystals and and it gets a bit like really technical in terms of like how quickly do you cool down and freeze the ice cream mix and how long do you leave it before you put the lid on it's all those little things that you know you don't think about it when you're making it at home you just kind of go with it um but you do have to be a lot more precise and especially to get like you know consistency throughout when i was making at home you know if i probably were to test it one batch to another they probably taste it slightly different but I didn't notice it. And for markets, it was fine. But once you're making it a bit scale, you do need it to taste all the same. So consistency was key. Definitely, yeah. I think, again, like it's it's making sure that people know the product they're buying will taste the same every time they buy it. And that, I think that's, as you said, consistency really is key. Exactly. So with the yeah. um, brand itself, it's a really strong branding. Like I'll obviously put your images around in this discussion. Mm -hmm. so if people haven't seen it, like check out the branding. It is amazing. Um, how long did it take to come up with that um, design? And I assume that wasn't mm -hmm. the initial design. You've probably worked and developed over time. So how long, when was it you actually started all of this? Yeah, so it is funny because, I mean, we've only just launched. Like, we've been out there for people to buy us for uh, a month now, but we've already had three different logos throughout the process. <laughs> so one of the first things that I did when I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a go, is, oh, I don't have a name for the ice cream, for the for the, market, for the, for the whole business. Um, so even though I had the idea for six years, I never came up with a name. So it was literally one time, like one night at home in bed, just going to my computer, came up with banana scoops, and then literally put them together on a yellow background with two different fonts. I was like, yep, there's my logo. Obviously, that has changed a lot. Um, so yeah, so it was really fun. I was working with, uh, actually, the logo was designed by one of my really good friends. Um, she's a graphic designer, and she kind of like gave, did it as a gift for me. So that was amazing, because not only did I like really trust her because I used to work with her and I know her like graphic design skills are amazing but I knew she would really take care of our brand so I think for her to design the logo and the packaging for the first time um was amazing and obviously we've had to tweak it a little bit more we've had to commercialize it a little bit so that you know if people see the ice cream in a freezer from you know a couple of meters away they know what it is straight away and um, but that core design is still there and it was just amazing to get it done by a friend. I think that makes a big difference and it makes it even more of your like baby. Amazing. What was her name? Give her a shout out. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. she's Lauren Grace Design. She's amazing. Uh, check her out. Yeah. I'll put that in the link description. Um, but yeah, it's mm. nice to, that's one thing that I'm really passionate about is supporting others in the same journey. Mm. Um, I know you're on the um, the food hub on Facebook and you've been part of yeah. the evolution um, kind of talks as well in the morning. So it's a really good way to network and you're actually um, kind of working on a, a kind of similar thing yourself, aren't you? With Lauren from Otsu. Yeah. So Lauren and I um, got together because um, I think we both used to come from like, not necessarily corporate, corporate backgrounds, but just having the team to work with. And we were kind of missing that like teamwork and accountability as well. I mean, me specifically, I'm, I actually work better today. So I'm the kind of person that does the assignment like the night before um, and works well with the deadline. But if I have loads of times, I just procrastinate a lot. So starting your own business is really hard and you're doing everything yourself. There's no one there to tell you what you're doing right, what you're not doing, whether you should be prioritizing one thing over another. So Laura and I got together and we're like, let's just create a food entrepreneur kind of like accountability program. There's no one else doing anything like this. And it's literally just, you know, a bunch of, people doing similar things jumping on a call every Monday morning or whenever it is that we decide and sharing ideas and sharing accountability um which is just an amazing thing to do um so I'm really excited about that and I think we'll probably hopefully start next week which will be amazing 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's something that, again, like, I could tell from every week that I went on to the Evolution one. Mm. Um, it was so nice seeing the same faces and it's it made my Thursday morning something I really looked forward to and something you're, you're learning as an individual, as a business, you're having that personal development and growth. And to be able to kind of do that, as you said, with specific parts within the industry, um, it's a really mm. good resource because luckily we're a husband and wife team um, we bounce with each other we kind of pick up the slack where the other one is maybe better or worse at certain things mm -hmm. so I can imagine if you are you're a sole entrepreneur and you're the only person doing the business it can get very tough so it's like as you said yeah. is great yeah it's just being able to share ideas and mouse ideas of people that are doing similar things like like most of us don't have food entrepreneur kind of like experience we have we've never started a business and we've a lot of them haven't really worked in the food industry before so just being able to share ideas with other people it just makes a big big difference especially when they're like similar journeys as you are that you both have kind of like the same targets you're not competing at all why wouldn't you treat it as a team like you would in a normal job so yeah I'm really looking forward to this I think they'll, they'll be really fun and really useful yeah I think as well for us like when we started you obviously mm. look what's out there you find your usp you, you find something you're doing different mm. or like being vegan and gluten-free initially it was really hard for us to find something healthy and convenient then we added the nut-free element so there's no one really out there doing exactly that for that niche with being completely mm -hmm. nut-free and, gluten and everything so we again we would try a few different people's stuff and some people were kind of quite standoffish like i won't name names mm. but other people <laughs> Like have been again. Like I've had uh, messages from new companies starting like, "Oh, who do you use for packaging? Who do you use for freezing? Who do you use it?" Like, yeah. I have to say this is what we do because I think the more people doing the same thing, it's like friendly competition. Like you're selling the concept, mm -hmm. you're selling the idea. Like ice cream is ice cream, although you've obviously gone healthier, banana based. Like it's you still have your USPs, and it's still going to be very different. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's or some major corporation, but it's still in the ice cream market. So if you can have other producers helping each other out, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and actually I'm I'm like really good like work friends, so to speak, um, with two other like ice cream producers. One is another one like can't base ice cream, the other one makes um more like ice lollies. And we we talk a lot. I mean the fact that we're doing similar things, we are like targeting slightly different consumers. So there probably will be overlap, but at the end of the day, for example, with ice cream, like one person isn't just going to buy one brand forever. They're probably going to buy, you know, a multitude of brands that like even I sometimes still buy Ben and Jerry's because it is different. Like you, you want to like have different things at different times. So the, I think it's, yeah, friendly competition is great. And you share ideas and, oh, have you thought about that? Or have you thought about this other thing? And it's just going to help you both grow rather than be like super competitive and not even talk to other people which I won't name names but I've had that as well when someone that makes ice cream here that I make ice cream like okay I don't want anything to do with you it's like well that's silly really it's not going to lead to anything and I'm not going to copy your ideas like I already have my own little thing going yeah no I think it's 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 like obviously if you've been doing something for a long time you see someone new to the market mm. you're actually see them as a threat like I think it's it must obviously be a bit like oh who's this person think they can come in but again like yeah. we're, we're super open like we want to encourage more people to do this because it's it's such a great thing having more plant-based or vegan businesses promoting the mm -hmm. same thing whether it's through ethical packaging or the kind of bigger picture so again for the donations for every meal someone buys we donate a meal yeah. having those kind of um, social economic impact um circling back around um so you said when you were young did you grow up in spain yeah yeah yeah. 
so yeah, my, my dad's Spanish, my mum's American, but moved to Spain before I was born and they met there. Um, and yeah, and they, the family business is uh, a restaurant, a tapas restaurant in Seville, the south, south of Spain. So I grew up there. Um, I really missed it. <laughs> I miss the sign. I miss the tapas. And um, I remember coming back from, you know, from school at lunchtime and just getting to the restaurant and be like, okay, what do you want for food? That like you can literally choose off the menu. So that was, it was a great way to grow up. <laughs> Amazing. What's your earliest memory of a particular meal or experience you had um, of food that you've gone, oh, this is, I, I need this all the time? Oh, I don't know. I guess it was like food has just always been such a big thing for, for our family. Because obviously with a restaurant like that is the main thing. Um, so I don't know. I just remember being like sat down in the terrace of the restaurant with my family. We always kind of like sit in the same table with my grandparents there. And just everyone enjoying a lovely meal together, loads of tapas. So I think it was more about that kind of like family experience rather than me, like just the particular food. And um, I mean, I still think my mom's brothers are the best ones out there. But, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, food has always been such a thing that brought us together as a family. It's been really important for us. That's amazing. Yeah, I think the, the Spanish way of eating, the tapas, thing, mm. like it's, it's such a big sociable thing. So can imagine yeah. like especially during lockdown where you can't necessarily see all your family and be spending time like um it must be hard like not to have that as part of your kind of culture um so yeah yeah, yeah it's the whole social aspect of food and yeah just sharing and top of style yeah I do miss that and with lockdown obviously a lot has changed um but yeah luckily my parents were in London like two weeks before lockdown completely coincidentally so yeah not too bad got to share a bit with them and got to show them around the London food scene which is always fun. Nice um so again aside from sort of your Spanish upbringing is there any particular mm. meal recipe smell or spice or something that takes you back to a place or time when you went oh every time I have this or if even if I mm. think of this meal I can picture being here Oh, that's a really interesting question. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I mean, obviously, yeah, every time I go to a Spanish restaurant in Spain, that brings me back home. Um, I don't know. I think this is a weird one, especially now that, like, with a vegan business, but um, ricotta cheese, which I, ha I don't have often at all, but whenever I had ricotta, that would bring me back to my grandmother's lasagna in the States. Um, she has ricotta to her to her lasagna, which is not a normal ingredient, not like a normal type of cheese. So that would remind me of her. But I haven't had that in ages. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. That's really um, nice. You can see yeah. it. Like you could see in your face that that brought back a happy mm. memory. And I think that's exactly why I wanted to start this series because we are all so yeah. charged around food, whether it's conscious or unconscious. You will have stories around certain foods, ones that you experienced as a young child and went, I'm never eating that again, or it's <laughs> like that where it was the ricotta in a lasagna. Um you can obviously mm. now make that vegan. There is really good. I don't know if you've ever made macadamia ricotta. Um you can just do lasagnas mm. with salt, lemon juice and some water. Um mash that up in a mm. Vitamix or some sort of blender and it goes through mm. a really nice ricotta texture. Um that oh, would cool. be great in a in a plant based lasagna. Um we've been yeah. lasagna a few times on our menu, but again making it nut free mm. A good kind of cheesy sauce and good gluten-free pasta sheets and all this stuff so it'll be a bit yeah. of trial and error but it could be something we end up doing one day yeah ricotta, i mean it's great yeah because of the creaminess of ricotta again if you use it nuts you will probably get that creaminess as well um that would probably like add a whole different layer to the lasagna so that would be really exciting maybe something i need to try 
For so sure. with the um your current diet then um are you vegan mm-hmm. or plant-based um and if so what's your kind of journey been yeah so i'll say i'm not completely vegan just yet i am it's something that i'm looking to transition um obviously growing up in spain i feel like meat was kind of like the main thing of a meal you kind of plan a meal around meat even if it's like tapas you've always had like meat as the main thing so I kind of do struggle a little bit with the like mentality of like you don't need meat in a main dish and I'm like learning lots of new recipes and I love cooking so it, I'm moving away from that a lot more but sometimes I do kind of like miss that element um but at the same time um so my boyfriend for example he's like pure meat eater he's one of those that doesn't really like veggies I'm trying to get the veggies in there um but we were making fajitas the other night and he was cutting the chicken I was like I just can't eat that it just doesn't look appealing at all so I had a completely veggie one I went for black beans instead so there's a lot of me more that's moving towards like I even look at a piece of meat and I'm like oh I don't really fancy that um, and I guess the main reasons I'm doing it is, uh, I guess the main one is the animals. I just, I don't really like the idea of thinking that an animal has, has to die for me to eat. Like it, it doesn't seem right, especially with all the meat alternatives that we have these days, the nutritional value. We now know that we don't actually need to eat meat to get all the nutrition that we need. Um, so yes, I think it's a work in progress. And I, I feel really bad about saying this, but I think the one thing that I miss the most is probably steak because it has such a unique flavor and I guess for us it was always like a bit of a treat when you have steak so I think that's the main thing that I haven't found a substitute I don't know if you do you have any substitutes for that I was just uh talking with Robbie yesterday actually Mm. I don't know if you've seen it but they've now there's an Israeli company that's done a 3d printed steak I have seen that yeah it blew my mind it's like the fat the muscle and the blood elements like print together Mm. and it makes this texture but um, yeah, it's it's these kind of meat alternatives. There's there's some out there that are very natural. Like I really like the ones that they mm-hmm. make chickpeas or this or that, and they've transformed yeah. it. Like there's a a company that makes sunflower mints just from sunflower seeds. It's okay. It works kind of like better than a soy mints or corn mints. It's got a really good protein content, mm. really natural. Like it's literally just the sunflower seeds. And like for me, I love that side, but I'll mm-hmm. still have say like the Linda McCartney burgers or the odd. Yeah. Beyond Meat Burgers are phenomenal. Like it's it's scarily mm. kind of close to being a burger. Yeah. Again, for have some... you seen? Have you seen the new burgers? I haven't had them, but Moving Mountains, I think they're called. Apparently, they bleed. I think they put like beetroot juice into it so that they like bleed out. Um, so I haven't tried them, but those look interesting as well. Yeah, it's the set. Yeah, so um, Beyond Meat, Moving Mountains, Impossible, um, they're all kind of very similar. I know. Um, Jason okay. from um, Bread and Jam and the Food Hub, he's just released a range of burgers, um, which is kind of mm-hmm. from the vegetarian market as well, called Unruly Foods, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah. they look really good, so I need to need to give them a try. Um, but yeah, yeah steak, I think the steak thing is, well, the meat market or alternative meat market is a big booming thing at the moment. They're investing billions and billions of pounds into it because mm-hmm. from ethical, environmental and kind of dietary lifestyle trade, choices people are kind of moving that mm-hmm. way um but again we're Definitely. not we're not out there trying to preach like everyone needs to go vegan right now that's the whole whole beauty of it we're kind of saying here's an alternative we make healthy meals you can do this and we don't like to kind of say do this don't do this like i think that turns people off you just want to be open to it Absolutely. and show people how good things can be so as you said like my wife always um says mm-hmm. progress not perfection um yeah it's a really good way of thinking so Again, everyone's on a journey. We're not expecting everyone to 
to suddenly turn around and go, yeah, I'm being. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting because, as you said, it is a very cultural thing. Like if you grow up eating meat, mm-hmm. part of it, it's it's amazing how that ingrains within you. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember even as a kid, I'd be like, okay, what are we having for dinner? And then you kind of like choose fish or meat, and then what specifically? And then you build a meal around it, and then you're like, okay, well, let's have potatoes or carrots or broccoli, whatever it is, as a side dish. So kind of like moving that away of like, oh, what are we have for dinner, like broccoli. Like obviously that doesn't like it doesn't have the same appeal. Um, but as you say, there's so many new meat alternatives. There's so many like new things that you can try and it's becoming easier and easier. And one of the things that I love about banana skews is like, we're like accidentally vegan. We're a bit like, you know, baked beans, which are like everyone eats and they're just, they just happen to be vegan or I hope most of them are. Um, so yeah, that's what I like about it. Um, is that you, it, it's perfect for everyone. You don't have to be vegan to have it. And the more of these kind of like products that we have was like you don't have to be a vegan to have it just just try it it still tastes nice um it's a bit like when you ask people and they're like oh i've never had anything vegan well what about chips yeah i mean maybe not the mcdonald's ones but like most chips are vegan like it is silly how it's almost become like for some people a bit alienating the word vegan they see it as like oh well that's just grass isn't it um, so there's so many new products out there. I'm, I'm like loving. Um, I finally managed to get an avocado slot and I'm just adding all the vegan products that I can get, like just trying all new things. Nice. So, um, yeah, yeah on, on that note as well, is there any particular ingredient or product you've come across recently and gone, this is amazing, I can't stop eating it, drinking it, buying it? Um, mm. Any kind of food or drink products out there that you're currently obsessed with? Yeah, I guess one of the good things about Ocado is that they have so many small businesses in them. I think it's probably one of the like bigger supermarkets that have the like biggest amount of small producers in them. Um, I've been just trying to get as many small producer stuff as possible. So within my shopping list, I'm like, okay, how many small businesses can I support with this? Um, so some of the really good stuff that I've had. Um, so I just had um, Honest Beans. They made uh, fava beans hummus. And that's really, really good. I don't know if you've tried it. It's completely, it's not the same as chickpea hummus, but it's super tasty. So I really, really like that. Um, what have, I've had noticed that and my mind has come blank now. Like, what have I been eating? Um, oh, I've also had nush. I made like a veggie vegan risotto yesterday and I added nush to it, like a natural cream cheese. And that was super good. Like it's really creamy. So really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, and oh, the Linda McCartney meatballs, I think those are excellent. I had them in a, um, again, I made like pad thai, thai, completely vegan um, to avoid all the fish sauce and all of that. And the meatballs, just they just taste like actual meatballs. They they don't look, when you before you put them in the oven, I don't know if you've seen them, they don't look that amazing. They look a bit weird. Well, as you put them in the oven, I was like, this is great. I actually went back for more. Yeah, we, we've shaped them before because they come like all, obviously, as the balls. We like mm. squashed them down and made them into kebab skewers and then put them on the barbecue. Um, oh, nice. They work really well. Like, I think meatball-wise, they've mm. got so much flavour. Like, they're so herby. Like, I tried to... Yeah. It, but there's so much flavour in them. It's actually quite hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if you put them in a marinade, like a barbecue marinade or something like that, and gave it to someone that eats meat, they probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Probably tell them it's um, a lamb kebab or something yeah. like that, and they probably believe it. So I think that's amazing. Again, it's just so many products like this. It's really good. It's really making the difference. So even if not everyone is becoming fully vegan, the amount of people that are using more plant-based meals and they're cooking, 
it's just it's just amazing and like it's all the whole thing about like progress not perfection if we get 50 percent of the population not being vegan but eating more vegan foods then that's a huge difference that's already going to change so much i think during lockdown there's been stats on the mm. number of meat alternatives being purchased firstly because meat was either really expensive mm-hmm. or must get hold of and secondly, people were kind yeah. of going, well, I'm not doing as much exercise. I'm not really leaving my house. Maybe I look into something healthier alternative and discovering some of these new products that they're just giving a try. Um, and it's yeah. Yeah, the smaller brands on Ocado. It's a great step. I've seen even Sainsbury's have started doing kind of mm. the new brand section. There's a section within the store. Yeah. And it's nice because a lot of them are part of the food hub. So if anyone watching yeah. this is a food producer um, or within food or drink, um, definitely check out the food hub on Facebook. It's a really good network of food businesses and entrepreneurs just all in one place from graphic designers, photographers. Like it's a great network and way to meet people and just say, has anyone got a supplier for this or I've got a question on this? Yeah. So um, for yourself, so when you got the listing with Ocado, how did that come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually um, only realised yesterday how it came about. You know, there's like so many things happen and it almost comes like just the lines and I only put the dots together yesterday. Um, so it's actually at Brad and Jam. I didn't know, but I met the head of, I don't know, food fresh food or fresh and frozen food so pretty much all foods um from Ocado and it was one of the tasting panels I was literally there for 10 minutes there was a guy from Ocado someone from Whole Foods someone from Harrods and someone I I can't remember I've been trying to think um so I didn't think much of that so I just met this guy randomly and then a few months later I found him on LinkedIn not knowing that it was him and I sent him a message to say I'm starting this brand, you know, I've got everything ready. I've got the packaging and the manufacturer sorted. Um, would love to send you some samples. And obviously he recognized me and he had already tried the product. So he uh, introduced me to the ice cream buyer straight away and said, set up a meeting. So it was amazing. That was November last year. And then we had the meeting in January. They, I mean, this is a bit of a proud moment, but they said that my presentation was one of the best ones that they've had from a yeah. small producer. So it was a big, big win. And actually the day after, they were like, yeah, we really like it. We want to stock you. Let us negotiate. So it was really, really quick. Um, so all of that seemed really smooth. I mean, it really wasn't, but it seemed smooth. Um, and then obviously lockdown came and everything got delayed massively. So our we were meant to be on a card of kind of like first week of April and then got delayed until end uh well the last week of May in the end so it was a two month delay it wasn't too bad but the worst thing was the uncertainty because with everything going on no one knew what was happening we didn't have a date I, I was like I don't even know if this is happening at all with everything going on um I had heard of like other brands saying they're starting to delist products I was like well if they're delisting some stuff they're not going to take new stuff on board mm-hmm. but got really lucky that we, we yeah we launched at the end of May and actually Planet Organic and as nature intended got in touch around the same time and we launched with them a week later so it was it was quite a crazy period <laughs> that's amazing I think yeah. it must you're um in terms of scaling up and when you said you found this producer, mm. it must have been a kind of interesting process to say like right how much are you committing to and with with frozen food obviously you need frozen storage so how yeah. is it logistics around volumes for these different um, things all at once like was it were they very flexible with you did you have to change producer yeah so, so actually our manufacturer has been absolutely amazing like I, I can't fault them they, they've been great and super easy to work with um I think even though 
when you like for, I mostly deal with a director and he's like I mean this is bad to say but he's an old white man so he's not our target he probably eats a lot of meat and he probably makes a lot of non-natural ice creams or full of sweeteners or sugar so it's like when I first met him I was like oh is he gonna like understand what I'm doing but actually he really got it from the start and he saw that the trend in the market is definitely dairy free but also preservative free and natural and um as less I yeah as not processed as possible so he really understood and he's they've been really flexible and we've kind of worked with them in a just-in-time kind of approach so um whenever i get a purchase order from Ocado, i send it to them and they kind of produce it that week and it gets sent within a week um to a condo so actually it's been really really flexible in that sense and we've managed to like negotiate really good payment terms as well so i get paid by Ocado and then i pay our manufacturer which just makes right. everything so much easier um, especially with us, you know, it's just me and the company. We don't have external investment. Um, just me running around wearing all different hats. So having a manufacturer that's super supportive in that way, it's flexible. You get really good payment terms. makes a huge difference. I don't think we would be able to do the company without it, actually. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I've heard stories of trying to get, mm. this, say, some of the big supermarkets and certain payment terms being, right, it's a year and a half and like blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. It's crazy. So it's, it's amazing to have these conversations and actually get it to the point where you're like, yeah, actually, this is this is working really well. We can manage this. And um, yes, yeah, you've done a fantastic job. So I can't wait to yeah. get some when it's in one of these other stores as well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's the next kind of step. Um, I guess I'm, we're taking this summer to kind of like just consolidate the listings that we currently have and make sure people know who we are because at the end of the day, we're still a really small brand. Um, so a lot of the work going on at the moment is just spreading awareness but yeah then people like waiters will be on the list <laughs> hopefully amazing do you have any advice for people who are either just starting out or someone who may go oh i'm kind of thinking of doing it but like what what was your kind of rationale to say i'm taking the leap i believe in it this is happening yeah um well i guess a lot of it is like just believe in yourself and the other thing that I used to have, which is it's funny to think about now, but I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go freelance. And, you know, if I can't get any freelance work, it's okay because I can always just go work in a bar. Obviously, that's not anymore. <laughs> it's quite funny because my backup plan is like, it's fine. I've, you know, I've worked in restaurants before. My parents own one. I can just be a bartender or a waitress or I can work in a supermarket. It's like, okay, that's, that's not an option anymore. Um so, but but it's fine. Like you just you find ways around it. And if anyone's thinking of doing it, it's just let's just go for it. Um, join all the support networks that you can. Join the food hub. Um, make friends. Um, obviously there's not a lot of events going on at the moment. But before lockdown, there were so many food events in London that you could easily go to one a week, if not more. So go to as many events as you can. Um, I'm in a little WhatsApp group with like four other entrepreneurs and we're all in the food industry, slightly different stages, but it's just so great. We we speak on it on a daily basis. It's almost like just get people that know what you're doing because um, your friends and family will be supportive, but they don't necessarily understand what you're going through. So get as many people as you can that understand the process, ask questions, um, reach out to bigger brands and ask them questions. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a big brand at all, but I get people asking me questions and I try and be as honest and as helpful as I possibly can. So people are really willing to give back. And I think that's really nice of the food like industry, which you don't necessarily get another one. That's amazing. Yeah, great advice. I think, um, yeah, totally same wavelength in terms of 
just mm. keep believing in yourself if you, if you believe in it enough to say no it, it can be successful it will be successful then you what have you got to lose as you said you can always pick up work another time like now lockdown's kind yeah. of easing it's not quite as as much of a worry as the last few months have been um but still mm. should be fully hurt like try and kind of work out your backup plan a little bit whether that is a buffer yeah. of money whether you've got um like we used to start up loans company that's who we managed to kind mm-hmm. of get our, our kind of early finance with so again it's finding these pockets of money or ways that you go actually the risk versus reward it's worth taking a gamble on yeah and there's so many like support networks out there actually like this morning i had an interview for an accelerator program that my university did so i studied at king's here in london um a few years ago and they're doing an accelerator program now. It's completely free and you get like loads of experts, um, kind of like expertise, lots of workshops and lots of people to bounce ideas off. There's so many networks like this. This is obviously only open for like King students, but there's so many out there. I know LSD do one, UCL do others, and there's others that are not affiliated with the university. So there's just so much advice out there. Um, and it is annoying, but especially if you're in London, um, there's just so much out there. You can always get support. Definitely. And as, uh, I think the one benefit of this whole lockdown thing is a lot of this stuff has mm. moved online. So if you do look yeah. at like, you'll find these events online where you can sign in. A lot of the time they're free or very nominal, like £5 or £10. So it's not a massive mm-hmm. investment say the people you're speaking to are worth that time and money. Um, so again, yeah. keep your eyes out and look for these resources. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to the food side, um, yeah. what's your kind of quick go-to meal? If you're having these crazy busy days, juggling all the suppliers and mm. else, like what's your kind of go-to quick lunch or dinner? God, um, so with lockdown, and I don't want to sound cliche, but actually I, I've quite been enjoying avocado on toast. Um, <laughs> I know it's the most cliche, most millennial thing to say, <laughs> um, but it's just such an easy thing. Um, obviously, this is my like, pet peeve, is choosing the right avocados. It feels like it's so hard to get like good avocados. But if you do, um, I just get it on rye bread and put a bit of like, olive oil on top and it's perfect. So that's kind of like my easiest go-to meal. Um, I also have quite a lot of um, smoothies. So either I use banana scoops as a base sometimes, like the chocolate one is great, the chocolate, um, plant-based milk, peanut butter and spinach, and, you know, it's got a winner there. Um, but, yeah, those are, like, re- like really easy meals. Um, with lockdown, I'm, I really enjoy cooking, and my mum was, like, the chef at the restaurant where that we that they owned. Um, so I've always, like, cooked a lot. Um, so with the lockdown, I've been trying a lot of new recipes, which has been really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, so lockdown has had the good things, like, cooking has kind of been like my little like de-stressor the kind of thing that I can do um and just really enjoy it and yeah it doesn't seem like we're in lockdown when you're just cooking at home so it's a good way of like keeping my mind occupied and distracted amazing yeah I think that's another like kind of silver lining is people are taking Mm. the time because you've got more time people are going actually can't go out for dinner why don't we cook like if you're in a couple it's like actually I'm going to cook something for a date night like it's you're seeing Mm. experimenting looking online finding recipes um that's another I launched kind of the free ebook that we do it's Mm. just giving people some free things to say actually yeah I can I've got time I might as well try making something myself rather than going here or buying this um but now as things are starting to lift I think for me, it's really important people support the independents, the small businesses, mm-hmm. rather than necessarily running to the chains. Like, yes, McDonald's, KFC, yeah. big things are open. Like, if that's your go-to, then fair enough. But there's so many smaller brands that are super dependent on our purchasing right now. And you, every time you buy something, you vote with your money. So, again, 
seeing your ice cream Absolutely. online, going between your ice cream versus someone else. Like I think, think twice about who you're buying from, especially during this period and go, am I going to be helping someone or does it, is it some massive corporation who've got shareholders and this and that like, yeah, it's just something to kind of bear in mind. Like that's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Like 100%. I think um, all we're doing, like, yeah, from what we're buying on a card or to um, like we're moving flats, I'm looking for like little decoration bits. I'm like, okay, what other like small brands can I can I help with? Um, and, and it's easy because like, actually, if you want to support a small business, you don't actually always have to spend money because I know a lot of people have been on furlough or have been made redundant, but there are so many ways that you can help a small brand without spending any money. It's just like, follow them on Instagram, shout out if you see their products or if you do buy them, like post it on social media and tell people about it. Um, like like their photos on social media. It's just, or tell friends about it. It just makes such a big difference to like small people, small businesses, you know, when it's just one person that you probably still get an order and do a little dance and it's just so exciting. Um, and I so much would rather put my money into that than buying from a big, big brand that don't really care. They just see it as a number. Um, when I see, you know, someone on my Instagram tagging me in a post that they bought or ice cream, like that just makes me so happy. And it almost, like, it doesn't feel real. It's like, well, that, that's, I created that and it's in store. Like, how crazy is that? Um, so I think at the moment, and with everything going on, helping small businesses and supporting them from your local shop to your local restaurant to a, a business in Ocado, it just makes such a huge difference. Um, and I think people, I agree, people are being more aware of that at the moment, which is such a nice thing. Yeah, even like the things like Instagram putting the support small thing and allowing people mm. to businesses, like it's it's been really nice to see. Like there's been obviously yeah. a hardship and like a lot of kind of troubling times for lots of people, like businesses and anyone in work and life. Um, but mm. there's been all these kind of little bits where everyone, although we're further apart, we're actually getting more connected. Um, so that's yeah. again, really nice to see. So doing doing stuff like this, doing the support networks, the morning meetings, like I think it's just allowing people that space to talk more and making almost like this, mm-hmm. like this is kind of a new socialising rather yeah. than always doing it face to face. But I am really looking forward to the face to face meetings again. <laughs> Yeah, no, me too. It'll be, it'll be nice to be able to see someone. It's weird. It's like we'll be watching TV and I see someone hug each other and I'm like, that's weird. And it's like, oh, no, it's fine. That's, that's what normal is. And like, this was filmed two, like two years ago. It's just weird. So, yeah, I am very much looking forward to just be able to see people and, and go to a bar and, you know, all those little things that we just took for granted and did every day. Um, and they don't really think twice about it now they feel like such a luxury so I really can't wait to like you know go back to that and and you know do events and, and give ice cream away like that'll be so fun amazing well I know you're probably a busy person as well so um, uh, before I ask the last question where can mm. people find you online and where can people buy your products yeah so we're a banana scoop so banana scoops.com or banana scoops on instagram or facebook so it's pretty simple um we're also we're selling through a plant of plant organic as nature intended at the moment so if you're around even if you just take a photo of you know our products in plant organic that makes the whole world to us so that'd be amazing thank you amazing well thank you for your time mm-hmm. last question is you've yeah. lived out your long life everything you've ever wanted has been achieved and it's your final, final meal before you move on to the next life, whatever that may be for you. What would your final oh meal God. be? What would my final meal? Um, 
I don't know. That's such a weird question. Like, not weird, but like difficult. I've never thought about that. Um, I'm I'm gonna say, I'm gonna stick with um, I'm gonna have steak, but I want it to be plant based. So I want it to be you know either printed or whatever, grown in an app or whatever. But a nice plant based steak would be amazing with um, peppercorn sauce and a good glass of red wine. And obviously ice cream for dessert. And obviously ice cream for dessert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would yours be? Oh, I haven't actually had a had a think about mine. That's, that's not that's not part of the show. <laughs> Fair enough. No, no, for me, I I really love kind of simple foods. I love like Mexican mm. food is always one of my go tos. Mm. Like something like I don't know a big big chili or nachos or fajitas, like kind of a Mexican mm. food. Again, with maybe a few Coronas just to just to round it off. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, I actually, I should. Sorry, I, I just I should have added my mom's potato strammers because they're the best ones, and they go with with steak, so why not? <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, thank you so fun. much for your time. And, um, no, thank you. Have a have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.